0: When you've lost someone, do you ever wish you had more time to ask questions? My guest today, Melissa Pinnell, started journaling after a period of grief and loss. This is why she began noting all the questions she wished she had asked her family, and all the answers she wants to leave to her own daughters. The questions you wish you'll have asked on this episode of Executor Help. Welcome to the Executor Help Podcast, the show dedicated to help you settle an estate, pick an executor, and avoid family fights. For more information, visit davideadie.com. Now here's your host, David Eadie. With me today is Melissa Pennell. She's the author of The Questions You'll Wish You Asked Journaling Book Series. Uh, Melissa, I want to thank you for being here on the show. I, I can't remember how I came across your series of what you're doing. I think it's important, especially in you know in terms of leaving a legacy, bringing families together and also opening up conversations. But before we get into delve into how you uh, about the series, tell me a little bit about how you came about journaling for families. I know you you wrote it during the pandemic uh, in 2020. Just like I did, I wrote a book um, and you came up with this series of uh, books for families. Did something happen to you? What is What was the the the, the catalyst behind you coming up with the series?
1: Yeah. So, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I just think this is such an important topic that you focus on in your show, in your own books. And the way that the idea came to me is my mom died years ago. She died in 2013 and she died unexpectedly. And we were very close. She raised me as a single parent, my brother and I my dad had died years before that, but she her death just really rocked my world and I think many people know that feeling right of a parent passing. And so it rocked my world and then you know the world goes on. and that actually was my experience with the um, chaos that can ensue when you don't have things planned out for when you pass just to touch on you know your general area of, of helping people. But so years went on and I hadn't had kids yet when my mom died, but I got pregnant and started having, I have two daughters now. And during my pregnancy, I felt this new grief for my mom emerge because here I am about to have a child and really just missing her in a different way, in the way that I think a a daughter will always miss her mom. But also now that I was walking that same path that she had walked, um, I just, I started, I was actually a class to learn how to write a book, uh, that I was going to do for my business as a life coach. And I had this book idea. I actually wrote the entire thing. It was a tiny book, but it was a book and it didn't really resonate with me. There was something that just, I was basically depressed. I was in the grief. You know, we talked about, it was a pandemic. I was pregnant with your emotions and your hormones are just all over the place, pregnant. And the thing about grief is that it comes in waves as many of us know, and it was crashing down on me. So all of those circumstances combined meant that I didn't want to write the book. I thought I did. All I could think about were the questions I wish I had asked my mom when she were alive, because I was thinking things like, gosh, what was her pregnancy like? You know, was she really emotional like this? Was she um, like, you know, full of, was she sick? Did she, how long was it? Like just all these little questions that were kind of practical and also emotional. And I started to write them down. And I thought, you know, even if I can't ask her, I can journal them to my kids like that aren't yet born, right? There's the one I had. And then the one I was pregnant with, but sort of questions and answers about my life. And these are questions about like, like my history, things I wish I knew about my mom's childhood, our family history, health history, um, emotional things. And that was basically kind of the congruence of events that became a book, a a journal of questions. And the first one that I created was for mothers and daughters because I was pregnant with a girl. I was a motherless daughter. So it was very much, um, the questions weren't necessarily specific to a mom. Some of them were like, tell me about your pregnancy. That's specific to a a mother, but yeah, that was, that was sort of the, I guess, environment you might say that made it feel very urgent. And I think that I believe creativity is sort of like that where, these ideas are like asking to be born, you know, through us. And I wasn't trying to write that book, but that's the one that wanted to come through and the one that got written. And, and then after that, I created a, a journal for every family relationship because I think, yes, I missed my mom. That was the biggest gap I saw in my own history. But, you know, fathers, grandparents, um, I actually just am I'm launching a journal that's just for like mentors or guides, people who might- have been important in your life, but you aren't necessarily related to. Um, So yeah, that's my, my long answer to the question of where the journal came from. Well,
0: no, I I can relate, uh, relate when, you know, when I lost my parents within a year of each other and both to cancer, and that's sort of the reason how I ended up writing the book. You never, you, you don't understand the amount of grief especially when your parents are gone, especially when the, you know, when my dad was the last to leave and, you know, and it all happened within, uh, you know, a year, you feel like you're lost. Everything doesn't seem, doesn't seem normal. Even to this day, I still, I miss their voices every day. And I wish I'd had something like this because there's a lot of times you, you, you think of, you know, what your mom would say or there's something funny or something there, there's going to be something that's going to trigger memory of them and it's just going to make you feel good but you also know that I you, you miss them and so my question to you is why do you think that we never stop to have these questions or these conversations with parents or grandparents is it because we we believe that our family members are never going to leave us and we just pretty much take it for granted
1: I think so I think that you really nail it on the head and I'm sure in your line of work you probably know that from experience but I think that You know to really zoom out on being a human you know we are aware of our mortality like if you're conscious even a little bit you know you're going to die but part of what we all do to navigate life is we can't think about that all the time uh and we figure out how to go through life knowing all of the people i love are going to die and so am i like that's a really heavy truth and i think that there's the extreme of completely ignoring that which i think is very common because it's a difficult thing to acknowledge And then thinking about it every day to the detriment of being present. And in the middle of that, I think, is a place that is very sacred, where we realize we are finite. We need to both plan for the practical things around our death and our loved ones, and the legacy we're building, too. Um, But but yeah, just to answer your question, I, I think it's scary. And I think as someone, you know, I create journals that are basically about mortality to me, you know, they're very beautiful things for even young parents to write in for their kids. But the whole basis of the journal is this is something to build for when you're not here or when your loved one isn't here. So as someone that likes to look at that, even my partner, like, you know, the closest person to me, he's totally one of those people who doesn't want to talk about death. Like I have to like nail him down to be like, who, who is the beneficiary on this account? We need to talk about this. Like, let's talk about, you know, life insurance, like things that they feel so weird. And like,
0: um it's it's a common occurrence that, that people avoid it. Um, And I like to say, spoiler alert, it's going to happen to all of us. And just because you're talking about this, the, the, the topic doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. All you're doing is you're making sure that you're leaving a legacy, an organized legacy, and not a legacy and a mess. So, and you're taking one step further in terms of part, making part of the legacy, having conversations that are going to be meaningful, that are going to bring a smile to the person left behind, and they can probably be passed on from generation to generation because, you know, the next generation will learn about who their, their grandparents are or their great grandparents are from those conversations that you decide to have. So I think it's, it's an amazing thing because, you know, when I was looking at the different combinations that you have, you know, there's a lot of times there's, you know, father-daughter getaways or mother-daughter getaways. These are something you maybe you take the journal along and have those conversations sitting down on those special times that you're going to get away together, or maybe on family vacations, you know, break off into groups and, and just have those conversations. The families that are going to not, you know when they go through a tough time and it's going to be a tough time when there's going to be a death or an unexpected emergency if they have those conversations about you know we understand that uh you know so and so uh mom or dad are going to pass away but we we still have them here with us because we've got their their um their thoughts what are some of their 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 funny uh things about their life that will always be with them so i think it's a great what you're doing in terms of the journaling to have the different, uh, you know, family relations, you know, have those conversations. But my, probably my biggest question is, how does questions help anyone?
1: Mm, yeah. I think that, um, you know, answers, we don't always have them, right? But I'm, I'm just a big fan of like, questions, I think, open us up to new perspectives. Questions, let's, let's zoom into the context of these journals, questions allow us to get to know, let's say your I love that idea that you just shared, you know, let's say you go on a family vacation, maybe you open the journal at dinner or you and mom are sitting on the beach and you ask her something like, Hey mom, do you remember your first date? And what was that like? Something that might seem very innocuous, but the mom that you've known for years, who to you is just mom, and maybe she's a little bit uptight and maybe she's just kind of one-dimensional. Suddenly you might see, Oh, I was so nervous. You know, I went to the movies and I remember he tried to hold my hand. And these questions allow us to see different parts of our loved ones, whether it's through writing or through conversation. The reason it's a journal is that journaling allows us to open it 20, 30 years down the road and like run our fingers over like my mom and I did share a journal doesn't have that many entries. But just being able to look at her handwriting and see where she crossed a word out, like there's just this connection I think that happens in writing. Uh, But questions I think open us up to ourselves. So let's say that you're asking your mom that you might see her differently, but as the answerer, that's the biggest gift that I have found through people's feedback and, and even through my own experience is that when you're, you're answering a question, let's say you're filling it out for your grandkids and it's the journal is mostly about you. So it'll be asking questions about your history, about your family, about your preferences, about your dreams for them, about things. For example, what is something you learned later in life that you wish you'd learned earlier? And that kind of thing makes you really pause and think like, what would I want my grandson or my granddaughter to know earlier than I did? And Another question that's something um, that really I think brings forth the person answering their highest self is a question like, how do you define success? So as you're journaling to your kid or your grandkid and writing, here's my definition of success. It it makes you really stop and say, wow, you know, I don't actually define success as a million dollars in the bank, even though my, you know, capitalism might've programmed me to think that what Mm -hmm. I think is successful is really loving, truthful relationships or whatever it is you might start writing to your you know, grandchild. So the questions open us up to who who we really are too. So it's not even just that the gift is 20 years down the road. The gift is right now realizing, oh, like if this is how I'm answering this question to them, maybe I should acknowledge it in my own life right here and right now. Does that make yeah. sense?
0: Yeah, it does. And, and how many questions are in a, in a journal?
1: you know what, I, gosh, I should know this. There is about 150 pages and there's a question on each page, but some of those pages don't have questions. So around a hundred questions, I would say.
0: And, and what are some of the, the questions that, if, if you were to ask your mom right now, what are the questions that bring a lot of, uh, you, you'd like to have, have her answer if she was here or you want your daughters to know? What are the questions that are important to you?
1: You know, a lot of the questions, like, gosh, you asking me that is like, it's like this exciting moment immediately. I envisioned like, wow, if my mom was right here, what would I actually ask her? And a lot of the curiosity for me is around her story and like the things that shaped her. So hearing things like, um, like, you know, did you have any dreams as a child? And if you did, what were they, or were you afraid of anything as a kid? And who did you admire when you were little? Things like that, that sound a little bit kind of like they are lighthearted and fun, but they would tell me so much about her and her upbringing and how she became the mom that I eventually knew. So, oh my gosh, there's so many, but, um, you know, there's a big one that's, it's kind of a heavier question. And it's, if you could choose your last words to me, what would they be?
0: Wow!
1: And that's the last question in the journal in every single journal, because it, does allow us to really zoom to that moment and you know I think for, for anyone imagining your own deathbed, brings some presence to the fragility and sacredness of life and also bring some intention because I could guess what my mom's would be right but for her to have been able to write that and for me to be able to open it maybe when I'm struggling there's another question it's like when I'm struggling and I don't know what choice to make what do you suggest I do And I know with my own daughters, I say something like, you know, I would get really quiet. I would take some deep breaths. I would go for a walk. I would pray little bits of guidance because we won't always be around. And yeah, I think I think those are some. And um, so
0: so of all the the, the questions, do you have to answer all of them or is it, it you're just you're you're shaping you want the individual to know, you know, you're only going to ask answer a certain amount of questions. What do you suggest how the people would get the best out of of journaling going through this, this exercise?
1: Yeah, you know, I would suggest just opening it and seeing what speaks to you. I think the biggest thing I've heard as an obstacle for anyone who's writing, but journaling in this journal is thinking your answers need to be perfect or that you need to answer every question because maybe, you know, one question doesn't resonate. For example, one of the questions I put into the grandparents journal that I thought was really juicy, but not everyone will answer is, was there someone you almost ended up with, but didn't? How did you handle that heartbreak? And like, that's a pretty intimate question. You might not wanna answer that, but if you do, it can be so deep and understanding. Um, So anyway, just to answer your question, you can really pick and choose. The biggest thing I say is, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Um, Don't think that your writing needs to be perfect. Don't think that you need to sound polished. Like your child or your grandchild, the gift, like I said, I love looking at the pieces of paper where my mom crossed out mistakes. Cause it's like, oh yeah, there's that moment, you know, that she messed up her writing. So yeah, just answer it in a, in a really grounded, um, whatever feels right for you in that day. Cause we have our whole lives. And also the way I approach my journal is, um, I'll, I'll kind of return to it on birthdays. Like when my daughter's turning some sort of milestone when i'm at a milestone when i'm feeling emotional um and i want to sort of touch the future i guess you might say i'll open it so you can really approach it in a way that works for you
0: so how would you say it helps deepen a relationship
1: yeah so it again if you ask a question let's say just over dinner You might see a different side of a parent or grandparent. If you answer a question to a child, it helps you to imagine them. Like, for example, I'm answering for infants. My daughters are babies and almost three, but I imagine them as grown women. So it really helps me to honor um, the little people that they are and remember that they'll be adults someday. And I also think, you know, as someone who's, I'm sure you can probably relate to this, David, as my mom has been gone for years, um, it'll be nine years. In November. And yet, in that nine years, our relationship has changed because I have changed. So I didn't have kids when she died. I hadn't yet started to get wrinkles when she died. I hadn't yet. There's so many things. I hadn't bought a home, like things that I've thought, oh gosh, what was this like for her? So, for example, when I bought a house, I thought about her and I was like, wow, it must have been so scary being a single woman taking on a mortgage with two little kids. And so to circle back, Back to your question even after you're gone your kids the answers you give in the present day they're going to change for them even years past your death so the same answer you write might look different to them on their 20th 30th 40th birthday so i think it allows us to really um, continue and, and you don't need writing for that let me just name the fact that if you have zero writing from your parent the relationship can continue uh, or from your loved one that's passed, I guess I would like to say the relationship continues regardless of how long they've been gone, and your your relating to them will continue. But the journal is just a way to have a reference point and something to um, to open up and read and and look at. So,
0: I know for myself, I, I would ask you the question. I, you know, I can see the the benefits of journaling. I've got a son, and about I'm going to become a grandfather um, later on in the year. So, if I was doing the journaling for my um, for my son, if you're doing the uh, the father son journaling, um, who would benefit from the journaling and and asking these questions?
1: Yeah, and well, I thing, my, and the
0: same thing for my unborn grandchild.
1: Yeah, I think that, in my biased opinion, you're going to benefit the most personally the person writing things down and and then you know maybe when I say the most that's not fair and then the person who gets to open it one day the reason I I would you know for someone like you who has a son and he has grandkids I wanted to make these specific to the dynamic just because as a writer it can be a little bit weird to write to everyone so when you say you know um how do how do you define success or it's like if you're imagining your whole family reading it, it might be harder than imagining your son and saying, you know, I know you, son, and I'm going to speak in a way that I think you'll understand. Here's how I define success. So the reason they're specific is for that reason. That being said, you might not want to fill a journal out for every child and every grandchild. And if you were just to fill out the grandfather's journal, I imagine your grandkids, your yet to be born grandchild will maybe share it with your son and be like, hey, look what look what grandpa wrote, you know, in this this journal in 2022 or whatnot so um yeah i think that i would choose one that resonates and i like the grandparents journal if you're a grandparent because it's more expansive in that journal parents come in so many different ages as do grandparents but with the grandparents journal i sort of looked at it more as a legacy builder and would ask questions like what is something you learned from the generations before you that you want future generations to know that's a bigger question that like a parent who might be 25 years old, I might not ask that, right? All
0: right. So have you gotten stories or any feedback from, you know, since you, the, the, the series of journals have been launched?
1: Yeah, I have. It's actually been so wonderful because you create things and just hope that they'll land. And then to actually hear from people that they did. The, the biggest one that stands out to me is actually, it was an Amazon review that someone wrote and it was, I forgot if it was her sister. Um, Her sister was dying. Oh, her aunt, my aunt was dying of cancer. And I got this for her to write in for her daughters and she passed away, but not before she filled out all of these answers for her young daughters. And just knowing that someday, you know, 20, 30 years from now, these little girls are going to have this keepsake of memories from their mom who didn't get to live to see them that age. Or just recently I had someone tag me in a post online and she had been adopted as a baby and her she had found her adoptive father and he was dying of stage four cancer. And I don't know if he got a journal or she got it for him but he filled out the father-daughter journal completely as best he could for, because a lot of it's about him, right? Like you don't need a huge amount of shared history. Most of it's your story. And she got to learn all of these things about her biological dad before he passed away. And that one really resonated with me because my dad, it was actually a similar story. He was gone my whole life. We thought he was dead. Then he resurfaced alive, but he said, I have cancer and I'm dying. And he died within months of that. I met him um, every day for 60 days. And that's sort of another part of where this journal started i didn't realize it at the time but seeing her get all of these answers felt very healing for me as someone who didn't even think to ask my dad questions i was just the girl who didn't know her dad so i have a lot of stories like that i'm sure i could go on and on but it's pretty beautiful the experiences people are sharing and and just the way that i'm kind of watching it move through the world in its own way the series because i do think books and um creative endeavors do have their own path and i'm i'm grateful i got to be the doula if you will of these right. journals and to see what they're doing out in the world and yeah and i'm i'm so glad to be able to talk about it with you and i'd love to share one with you like i said i'd, I'd be happy to send you one so that you can experience right.
0: the- i'd appreciate so with you having yeah. two you having two young daughters how big is your journal going to be
1: yeah um pretty big. I mean, I started writing in the one for my, but, but again, like I said, most of it, most of the journal is personal to you. And then there are pages that are personal to the dynamic, right? So one of the ones in the mother-daughter journal is, can you tell me about your labor and delivery? So I'm going to have two different entries for that one, but a lot of the questions are, I'm intending to just have them share my answers. So
0: I I can just uh, hear through your voice, that um the passion and sounds like you're getting a little bit choked up when you're talking about it and i can only imagine it's not only going to be one journal i'm assuming for your kids because i think you're going to write volumes because they're going to have a lot they're going to learn a lot about their mom and how passionate and uh the thoughtful, she was to think of others to 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 come up with this with this idea. Um, Melissa, I want to thank you so much for being here. Where where are the journals available, and how can people contact you?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, they're available on my website, which is followyourfirecoaching.com. You can also just search "questions you'll wish you asked," and luckily they're the first things that pop up. Um, you can find them on Amazon. There, I think there's. You could call. You could even call your local independent bookstore if you don't want to go through Amazon, which I know a lot of people might not, and just ask them to order it for you. So there's a lot of different ways to um, to acquire a journal. And, and again, David, I'm just so grateful to be able to share this virtual space with you and just honor that there's so many different parts to end of life planning. But what we're really talking about, I feel like, is life planning because, like, right now. I don't know when this episode will air, but we're right up against the tax deadline in America. And a lot of people are very stressed about taxes and like, ah, and I know that for myself, just having addressed them finally, literally today, the deadlines tomorrow, I feel so much better and I'm bringing it up around end of life planning because it matters. And just addressing it is like this relief that then we get to just be present with what is. And then we get to ask these like, beautiful i think i think our books could go hand in hand right because there's the emotional parts of planning and then the practical parts and we need both i think present in these very tender conversations that have to be had um for all of us i don't care if you're 20 or 90 like we never know what will happen and it's just kind of nice to and, talk and to that's why
0: else. i i when i was uh you know re- researching a guest for the show and i came across you i i said absolutely you need it 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 connects with what uh, I'm trying to do. And uh, we're both speaking to the same people. And we're just trying to make people uh, leave a legacy and not a mess that the families are going to continue on to the future and do it with a lot of love and uh, going to the next generation. Melissa Pennell, Pennell, I'd like to thank you for being here on Executor uh, Help, the podcast, and hopefully we'll have you back on again. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about journaling uh, in the future. So I wish you all the best and thanks for being here.
1: Thank you so much. It was so nice talking with you. You've been listening to the Executor Help podcast. For more
0: details, visit davidid.com or follow David on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. The links are in the show notes.